What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Raised Geek Podcast, where geek is all we speak. This is our limited series, Loki number four, where we're going to talk all about the Nexus event. Now streaming on Disney Plus, and by we, I mean Chris. And Don. Let's go. All right. What's up, Don? Fourth of July weekend. Happy Independence Day, buddy. Happy Independence Day to you, too, my friend. You going to watch that movie this weekend? No. What about (laughs) Independence Day Reservengeance? Is that what it's called? Is that really a thing? Revergence? I don't even know what you're talking about. Is that a real movie? The second one, Independence Day 2. I don't, I have no memory of this. Did I block it out? (laughs) You don't know that they made an Independence Day too? Wait, no, now that you're talking about it, it does seem somewhat familiar. Like Will Smith wasn't a part of it, right? He no, didn't they killed him off screen. Oh, uh, okay. Resurgence. Independence Day Resurgence. What did I say? Revengeance. <laughs> Something. They same thing. That's so funny. I forgot completely that was a thing. Bill Pullman was still in it, right? Yeah. yeah but uh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. hilarious. But man, yeah, happy Independence Day, man! Ah, you too. Always a fun, always a fun holiday. It marks the. It really starts feeling to be summertime. It's been summertime, but that's like the true, uh, true landmark where it's like, all right, we're smack dab here in the middle of summer. So, some grilling, some fireworks, some friends, some heat. I'm sure some heat. So, yeah, my car yeah. said it was 101 today. Ooh, that's driving too around. I was like, whew. Little, little hot, but yes, 4th of July, it was always, to me, it was always like the midway point of the summer vacation. So it would be like, oh, it's downhill now. We just got it like six weeks and we're back to school. And it used to always bum me out. I was just talking the other day with my wife about how, remember summer vacations as a kid, but they felt so long. Yeah, they did feel so long because it's like three months when you finally got out of school. You're like, I don't have to go back to school again forever. I have so long. And right. like, I look out the windows now and I see little kids at 10 o'clock in the morning riding down the street in their razor scooters. Like, they're so happy. Mm. They're so happy right now. Like, you just wake up in the morning. You're like, I don't have school. I get to just run around like an idiot outside all day. And they do. I remember I was sitting at my parents' house and I saw some kids running up and down the sidewalk across the street. And then I looked and saw this kid riding a bike and he was kind of wavering and looking all over the place. I'm like, what is he doing? And then I realized he was holding something up to his head. And I was like, what's going on? And I realized he was riding his bike while looking through binoculars. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that kid's going to die. Yeah, that's some, little, that's some little kid logic where you don't think things through. Something's gonna something that'll kill you, some activity you'd start doing. But man, we're here to talk about some Loki. Loki episode yes. four is here, the Nexus event. There was a hell of a lot of stuff that happened in this 40-minute episode, man. Hell of a lot. Yeah, there definitely was. Episode four, the Nexus event, and we are now over halfway through. Um, like you said, a lot happened. I feel like more so than maybe episode three. Oh, hell of a yeah. Maybe even more than the first two episodes. We like we got a lot of. There's still a lot of questions to be answered, but at the same time, we did get a lot of questions answered and theories dashed or new theories come up from those dead theories and just a lot of things going on here. It was a fun, uh, fun 45, 48, however long minutes of of Loki action, man. And and Don watched it twice, so he is ready. He's ready to deep dive. He has all his theories. He has all of his. Uh, explanations he knows exactly what's going on so i think we're gonna dive into it here but first make sure you like and subscribe the show you're sitting there listening right now you got your girlfriend your wife your friend you're playing games pick up their phone subscribe to our show on them they'll thank you for it in the long run so just just do it come on do it do Do it it. do it do it Uh, But make sure you like, subscribe, follow us. Hit us up with those reviews. We're looking for five stars. Anything that you guys can do helps the show, and we appreciate it. Uh, Follow us over at Twitter at Raise the Geek. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or want to join the conversation, hit us up at raisethegeek at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Just make sure you let us know who you are, 
first name and where you're uh, writing in from just so we can give you a proper shout out on the show. Don. Absolutely. We're turning this into our, our MCU talk. So real quick, a quick sidebar. Uh, oh, yes. We were talking about it right before we went on the air. Some brand new information for me, a little bit more fresher for you. Uh, but we did get confirmation that Kevin Feige said that in the Shang-Chi trailer, which we talked about last week, and it was all rumors and speculation last week. Well, now we have confirmation that in the end of that uh, new trailer, Abomination and Wong are fighting in a cage. And that is what we thought it was, was what it was. So... How does that uh how does that sit? How does that sit in your belly? Yeah, the, what we all thought of uh what we all thought we saw is what we saw. Uh it was confirmed by Kevin Feige, head of Marvel Studios, in talking with Rotten Tomatoes. Uh someone asked him, like, you know, some fans said this looks like a character they hadn't seen in many years named the Abomination fighting a character that looks like Wong. And then uh, Feige replied, and I can say that reason it looks like them is because it was Ab- Abomination fighting Wong. So um, he definitely confirmed it there for all of us. And uh, we don't have to speculate anymore. I think that's, you know, I thought it was cool when it was just an idea. And now that it's truth, I think it's even cooler that we know that that is happening. Um, it is definitely going to be a part of Shang-Chi. We still don't know if uh tim roth is going to be in the movie himself or if it's just going to be the cgi abomination i think it would be cool like we don't know how involved they're going to be is it just going to be a short clip and we've already seen the whole thing in the trailer or is there going to be much more to it like will he depower down and tim roth will be standing there and have some dialogue i think that would be awesome but we'll have to wait and see we still don't know the reason why these two get pitted against each other and what the context of the scene is but it is cool to see and um sometimes we talk about trailers giving away too much but i think that that's just enough to like wet your whistle a little bit for Mm -hmm. people who you know are interested in stuff like that so i'm i'm a fan of i'm a fan of it well, we have it's it's interesting because we have this movie that we really don't know what it's about. Like we have the basic idea of the structure of the story, but where does it fit in with phase four? Where does it fit in when it comes to the small multiverse that they seem to really be intent on building? We know, you know, Doctor Strange 2 is coming up with the multiverse of madness. We know there are rumors of Spider-Man dealing with multiverse. We're assuming Eternals is going to have something to do with different, you know, it just seems like it's prime for a multiverse type tie-in but shang chi seems like it's just a fun romp martial arts yeah. you know movie and you're just like is there going to be more to it and now kind of knowing that abomination and wong is in it ties it into dr strange kind of puts a whole other twist on what is this movie really gonna do you know yeah definitely we, like like i was saying we don't know the context of that scene or what what it's gonna be so it could be timeline related they could have both been sucked in from their timelines and put into some tournament this is all speculation we don't know and that's the fun part of it making you know these theories and speculations and it just builds the excitement a little bit so yeah that's pretty nice pretty fun just a fun little thought right now that you know they're going to be in there and uh i'm i'm happy about it yeah super I'm super pumped for that movie anyway. So September will be here before we know it. Kids will be going back to school and we'll be watching Shang-Chi. And I'm kind of pumped for that. But we get Black Widow first next week. So I'm very excited for that as well. But we are here to talk about Loki. Episode four, the Nexus event, now streaming on Disney+. Plus. If you're listening to us, chances are you've already watched it. If you haven't, we are going to spoil it for you. So make (laughs) sure you pause us. And give us give it a watch before you get back in because we are deep diving in three, two, oh one. What's up, Don? Let's do it. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Uh, so I was so mad at the beginning of this episode because okay. we were, I was so close to my prediction of what I wanted to happen when this episode started. Because last week, if you remember, we were talking about they can't spend another whole episode on this planet. You know, they seem like they were destined to die there. And we're like, they can't spend a whole episode on this planet. And I said that what I want to happen is I want one of those portal doors to open up. And I want Owen Wilson. I want Mobius's head to stick out and him go, wow, jump in. And I got everything but Owen Wilson sticking his head in there and saying, wow. And I was very disappointed. <laughs> it really, you know, ruined the moment for me. <laughs> yeah. So close. 
this episode did a lot with um in later sequences also like taking some of the theories we made about what we thought was going on and just dashing them yeah. uh we speculated that the entire scene on lamentus one could be a uh, enchantment from sylvie to loki or reverse loki yeah. to sylvie yeah. one of them yeah. like enchanting the other one and this is all just that turns out that wasn't the case this was all really happening they were really on lamentus one and we joked about how how um lazy it would seem if like owen wilson just hopped out and saved them and that kind of is what exactly what happened (laughs) yeah that is exactly what happened uh but that wasn't even the first scene the first scene we had in this show was sylvie uh it started with sylvie's backstory a little bit being Mm -hmm. revealed more of her being a kid and um her being captured by the tva for the first time as a child interesting side note i saw somewhere that the act the actress who played the young sylvie is judith from the walking dead so she's grown up i guess i guess because um, yeah last time i saw judith in the walking dead she was a baby right so i never she's saw grown her grow up, up more than being a baby right. they kept trying to make not cry during hordes yeah curl curl don't make judith cry curl coral 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 uh, <laughs> i haven't watched that but, show yeah that was that was a fun scene kind of gave you some insight into what's going on it also did um confirm to us that in sylvie's timeline or lady loki whatever you want to call her sylvie uh she referenced a valkyrie Mm -hmm. i don't know if you caught that she referenced a valkyrie um so that was a cool little easter egg we got and another thing you notice is the agent who came through to take sylvie into the tva was ravona renslayer who we know as the judge now like the main tva agent Mm -hmm. um this is back before she was a judge and she was just an agent and she is the one who came through and first got sylvie as a kid um it's interesting that the tva agents were then also shown in that scene the ones that we saw in the first episode like the guy who made loki sign the paperwork Mm -hmm. he's in there and the smaller guy who made Loki walk through the security door, he's there. So, and that none of them have aged. Yeah. So that was very, I found that very interesting. Um, Cause this is back, you know, when Sylvie was a young child, so none of them have aged. So it raises a lot more questions about the TVA. The TVA is a very mysterious, mysterious group here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and... it, it even opened up this idea because as we shifted into that scene when they're they're you know prosecuting Sylvie, and then she basically escapes and steals uh, Ravona's uh, phone. I don't know what those things are called, Telpat or Silpat. Or time, I just call them like time pads or whatever. Yeah, yeah. they have her a name phone. for them. But she stole her yeah. phone and uh, <laughs> basically disappeared, and that's how she got away. And I kept sitting there going, "Wait, how did Ravona?" get promoted i mean i was like that would be a stain on her career forever so i'm just sitting i'm just sitting it was very confusing to me i was like there's got to be more going on because ravona has to be in deep which is always kind of the speculated rumor anyway and i know in the comics she's kind of tied in with kang and the timekeepers and some of that other stuff so it was kind of interesting to see where we broke into that but i thought it was weird just you know that from an initial episode start standpoint going how did she get promoted (laughs) Yeah, I was asking myself the same thing. And then if she, if she got promoted to judge, what happened to the judge who was sitting there first? When no one like, else aged and what that age, right. the judge, did he, did his eyes get open and he got Yeah, who knows? Pruned? Who knows? Exactly. Um, so that was cool. But then the next scene before even the title card happens is what we get our first actual glimpse of the timekeepers. Yeah, uh, that was awesome. Yeah, when Ravona goes through the elevator and it opens up and you finally see them all sitting there with the glowing eyes, you don't get like a full shot of them. They're just kind of hidden in the shadows still. But yeah, there for the first time is the timekeeper. So it took us to what, episode four to finally get our first look at them. Yeah, and you know what I did? I sat up on the couch, leaned to the end, and I said, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, me neither. Because at this point, I was already like, all right, this episode's already better than episode three. Like, 
yeah. <laughs> even after just the first five minutes. I was like, here we go. Uh, here we go. Yeah. I was I was pumped. This is it. <laughs> this is it. It's happening. Code red. Yeah. Code red. The alarms are going off. <laughs> I was ready, man. Yeah. That was that was totally an eye-opening scene. I'm with you. Um, but then what? We we were back to the scene you were talking about with them on Lamentis, right? Then then they went back to Lamentis and it was basically uh Sylvie and Loki and they basically created a Nexus event where that's how that's how the TVA was able to find them because Mobius and everybody else was trying to find these two Lokis and they didn't know where they went. And then the two of them kind of the Loki sat down and were just talking and kind of really realizing, hey, this is it. We're not going to get off this planet. And then them talking kind of created a nexus event and the TVA was able to see the spike in the timeline. And then they were able to locate them and they opened up the portals and then they arrested the two Lokis and took them, separated them and banished them and kind of sent them up for uh, interrogation. Yeah, that was that was pretty much what happened. Um, some things I noticed from these from these scenes, especially the one on Lamentis, is another theory being broken. And this theory goes all the way back to when uh, we were just seeing Loki in trailers before the show even released. Mm-hmm. There's a there was a scene in there where it was Loki and Sylvie sitting with their backs turned to the camera, watching like the. Um, the world basically crash upon itself and this lamentous about to explode and they're getting ready to to you know they think die and it's a shot from the trailer where we saw and i remember us talking about it's like is that black widow like is that black widow on her um in the soul stone world did loki like travel there and that's part of his time traveling is oh my god is scarlett johansson gonna be in this show like the internet was going wild like did i see black widow totally wasn't her it was uh, Sylvie, who we wouldn't have known then, you know who she is now. But yeah. that was I just I just found that a little funny. Like it was a sad trombone, like wah 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 wah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we get a yeah. lot of those sometimes when you know us nerds like to speculate and rumor and try to you know source material it out. Where we're like, oh, it's got to be this because of this and all these insane theories. I've been watching these YouTube videos of these people that are just like Easter egging it up, and it's crazy some of the dots they try to connect you know we we just do it though it's part of the fun like to oh, speculate yeah. like but we should have learned our lesson from wandavision all the wrong theories that were there like mephisto is behind this and the x-men are coming that's quicksilver like we should know by now that it's never as it seems and the the easiest answer some usually isn't the correct one with these marvel shows and movies so uh, but I just noticed that and thought it was fun. That is funny. Uh, yeah. But Loki and Sylvie kind of getting close, like you said, is what started causing this Nexus event. And when Mobius and the other TVA agents were talking about it, they were like, it's the biggest one they've ever seen. Like, they've never seen one as big as this. And I just found that kind of interesting with all the other uh, Nexus hints we've had going around, you know, with Scarlet Witch and and whatever else is going on in the MCU that them two could cause this huge rift. And I guess it kind of makes sense when you think about it, because it's two of the same person who shouldn't be in the same place at the same time, like connecting with each other. Mm -hmm. And that's what causes this huge nexus event. I don't know. I just, I'm still thinking about like trying to make sense of all of it, but uh, that is how Mobius and the TVA found them. Which, yeah, and I thought it was funny because they said that, that this, this was like the biggest they've ever seen. But I'm like, what about in episode two when Sylvie set off all those bombs and they showed the timeline and they had like eight that were all rushing towards the red line all at one time that they never went back to? And I have no idea. I have no idea what those bombs did. I have no idea how they fixed it. I have no, I, like, I, I have no information as to the fallout of Sylvie's attack outside of the fact that she was using it as a distraction to try to get into the timekeeper's lair. But I'm like, yeah. did they fix that? That wasn't bad. This, this, these two Lokis that that are into each other is worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to wonder if that's going to be something they maybe revisit in the future, like speak about on in future movies or shows. Yeah, something about something being off and being wrong, and say, oh, well, this is what happened when the timeline went bad. I don't know. I guess. We have to wait and see because so, you're right. It wasn't it wasn't fully explored or anything. 
Now they're still touching the surface, but obviously, you know, coming out of episode three, there was a big conversation of the Lokis and their ability to love. And, and we talked about it last week is this weird vibe that the two were digging off each other where it's like, okay, okay, you guys are, you know, are you guys crushing on each other? What's going on? And then this one, it kind of was confirmed that that kind of was what was creating the Nexus event when they were connecting and having that moment. Uh, Mobius and Loki, when they were talking, it kind of, Mobius was kind of giving Loki a hard time, like for real, like that's disgusting. How do you feel about that being kind of the cornerstone of the show? Like, I know there's been a lot of articles and a lot of information where people are excited that like a love story is kind of taking center stage in this and that the MCU needs more kind of couples, especially because we don't have Steve Rogers and uh, Peggy Carter anymore. We don't have Pepper and, and Tony. We don't have, you know, I don't know what other, I know there were a couple other romances. We don't really have any of these romances anymore. So it's time to create new. Is this something you want and, or are the two Lokis the romance that you want? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of, I still find it kind of odd, not because Loki's in a love story, that's fine. I mean, they can explore that with him because just because he's never had that. Um, and, you know, I can you can tell they're consciously trying to make him into more of a sympathetic hero character than what we've known him as a villain for all yeah. these years. <clears throat> so it's fine that he has his moment with a romantic storyline. I still find it a little odd that it is with himself in a way. Um, but she, but they are trying to make it seem like she is a, her own person. So they're trying to separate them as being different people. But in the back of your mind, you're like, but she's Loki, like she's a Loki and he's Loki. So it makes it a little strange. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to ride this roller coaster with them and see where they go with it. <clears throat> uh, because, you know, so far as we know, Loki is the one starting to have this feelings. What if she is totally like, no, yeah. like, not feeling the same way because she hasn't said anything about it like it hasn't we haven't heard her side or her feelings yet um but yeah it's it's totally an unexpected route i didn't think they were going to go when the show was announced i did not expect any kind of romance love story coming out of it with loki um, and himself yeah with loki <laughs> loving himself yeah yeah good to love yourself yeah. but Sometimes you don't need to literally love yourself. <laughs> Not in this way. Not exactly Not in, in this way. way. You go find, you know, usually they, usually they tell you don't find yourself in another dimension or another timeline. You know, it usually ends things. And maybe that's what they're leaning into here is that that's creating this nexus event that's too big for the TVA to handle. Yeah, like they never the come yeah, they could have never come across something like this before. Uh, one thing that keeps popping up in my head whenever they're on screen together talking is why doesn't Loki ever ask her about Thor? Like if there's a Thor in her world, did she have a sibling? Mm -hmm. Like, is there a, does she have a brother Thor or a sister Thor? Like, honestly, I don't think in this entire show, if I think back to episode one, I don't think Loki's brought up Thor one time. And I don't know if that's a conscious effort by them to separate. keep this separate, keep this separate from that. One, because you, I'm sure you can't get Chris Hemsworth to be in the show, and they probably didn't want him to anyway. He's got a lot of other stuff going on. But are they trying to just consciously separate Loki from Thor a little bit or, like, distance himself from being another Thor-related story? What do you think? Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, we saw Thor in the flashbacks when they were catching Loki up with what dead Loki did you know his whole life so we saw we saw him there in little bits so you know he's obviously aware of him but yeah he's definitely not talking about him so it's i would imagine it's somewhat conscious just to separate the two and if this isn't a thor story then why put him in it yeah i just thought it would make sense for him to at least one time be like do you have a, any siblings right. or like who where's your thor what's your thor like because mine's kind of a dick you know yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that wasn't part of their conversation on the train in episode three. I feel yeah. like that would have been a question. They kind of were dipping into a little bit as to similarities, but they really seemed to just go surface and didn't really go any deeper. But that could be a, a time thing or they just don't have the answer. Right. But it was, 
it was cool. But then we got the, you know, quarantine. Loki got thrown by Mobius into a basic time loop hell prison where he was stuck in the same moment after he cut Lady Sif's hair. So we got a nice cameo from Lady Sif beating up Loki after she got her hair cut by him in the past. And uh, that was kind of a moment he had to live over and over again as Mobius was loosening him up, getting ready to uh, interrogate him. But before we got to the interrogation, we found out when uh, Mobius was talking with Ravona. Ravona? Mm-hmm. Ravona, uh, Mobius asked him about, asked her about C20, the uh, guard that uh, Sylvia, so many names, Sylvia. Uh, <laughs> enchanted there, there is a lot of names going on here. you know because we ended the last one where you know the the c20 guard was kind of saying it's all it's she showed me everything and she was making kind of comments that something was off and then uh now we when mobius asked ravona about it ravona goes oh she didn't make it she's dead mm-hmm. And Mobius is like, what are you yeah. talking about? Like, she was fine. She just seemed a little tired. What What do you mean? So he's kind of put this little thing in his head, like, what do you mean? And that kind of comes along with Loki, too, kind of telling him this, this TVA is lying to you. So Mobius don't know if he can trust Loki or believe in Loki, because Loki's obviously a trickster and a liar. But then there's something going on with Ravona and the TVA that's very confusing to him and the detective in him wants to learn more <laughs> yeah <laughs> ravona definitely did set the plant the seeds in the mobius's head um that something is going on and loki just more or less like is helping confirm it when he <clears throat> says the tva is lying to you and mobius kind of has this thing where he doesn't trust loki but at the same time part of him does Mm-hmm. they've got like this love hate relationship with each other where it seems like they want to trust each other and they want to be on the same side but um this episode had this and other uh, you know another scene later where it's another sh- more strong scenes with mobius and loki together like they're back and forth and they're like mind games with each other you know one will lie to the one and the other one will then lie to the other and they can't tell who's telling the truth and they both have their goals but they can't tell if they're being used or they're the ones using it's a very um interesting dynamic they have mm-hmm. and i've liked that about this show since episode one um but yeah like you said uh the the c20 stuff and then loki saying that really makes mobius start to question what's going on with the tva and um eventually during their back and forth there loki does reveal that the truth that um or what he believes to be the truth, because it's what Sylvie told him, is that all TVA agents are variants. And this is the first time Mobius is hearing this, and he doesn't know what to believe. Um, Mobius suspects that Ravona isn't being honest, and they're seeing later he's asking a lot of questions, and she's not giving him any answers. And that is when he finally, uh, behind her back, switches their D-pads or time pads, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. because he's you, we can tell as an audience, like, he's totally not believing her anymore mm-hmm. about what's going on, and he's just being led astray, and he finally wants to get to the truth. So I like this Mobius, you know, asking questions. I like Mobius anyway, but uh, his character is just getting smart, smartening up, trying to finally seeing what's going on around here, finally by episode four. And we we seem to get confirmation that Sylvie is telling the truth about the variants and uh, the TBA because we have Hunter B-15 mm-hmm. who, who was enchanted in episode two by Sylvie and taken over. And now she remembered her life and had these flashes. So she kind of went and grabbed Sylvie, took her to the Walmart place so they can hide for a second. And she said, what did you do to me? And she was, and Sylvie was like, I didn't do anything to you. That's what's in your head already. And uh, B-15 said, hey, tell me, show me. And she showed her and she was like, oh, I look so happy. And it was like heartbreaking because you're just like, oh my God, she just had like the glass ceiling just completely shattered and her eyes are open now. So it's kind of showing that, yeah, Sylvie's, you know, they kind of confirmed that this isn't a trick that Sylvie's trying to play on Loki or the TVA. This is, as far as we're aware as of right now, the truth. Yeah, the TVA finally here in episode four is starting to like crumble 
Yeah, it's crumbling fast, and we'll get to that yeah. in a second. Yeah, the facade of the TVA is finally starting to crumble, and even their own agents are learning what's going on and that they were, had past lives, and they've been lied to this whole time. Lies, lies, lies. That's all the TVA has been. Um, so, yeah. what? Uh, next up, we had... Mobius looking at Ravona's pad there in the library. That's where he finally does learn the truth because he sees in the video um, C20 telling her truth and Ravona stops the video and says, I'm stopping this, even though she, so she basically lied to him to his face about what happened to her. So that's when Mobius is like, okay, something's up. Um, I thought it was funny in that scene where he used the little D pad to like close it on her face. Like you didn't need to close it on her face. You knew it was her. Who else would it be? It's her pad. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. That was, that know. was funny. It reminded me of like 24 <laughs> where they're like, enhance, enhance, yeah. enhance, yeah, yeah. zoom in, enhance, enhance, focus, enhance, and make whatever you want show up. Made me laugh. But yeah, that's what I yelled at the TV when they did that. Enhance, but enhance, enhance. But then uh, Mobius. I guess has his quick flip around and he's finally decided now, yeah, he's going to help Loki. So he goes into the time loop that he threw Loki in, like you said, with Lady Sif, which is cool. I'm glad Lady Sif was, uh, that was a fun cameo. Yeah. It was. I, th- I think she wasn't even in Ragnarok. Uh, Cause that actress, Jamie Alexander, something had some other TV show yeah. going on where she couldn't participate for a while, but I think that got canceled. So now like she's back. Uh, uh so that's cool to have like a familiar face yeah that was but anyway fun. yeah that was fun <clears throat> um yeah he comes in and stops the time loop and decides he's finally gonna um help loki and loki's gonna help him and they're gonna get to the bottom of this together because now mobius totally doesn't believe what's happening and he asks loki if um he's really truly has feelings for sylvie and he's like i don't know and it's all confusing to both of them and whatever the case may be. Um, so yeah, he pulls Loki back through the time door back to his cell and they're going to start their journey all over again. Right. Happy ending. Right. Exactly. No. What happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what happened. What happened? Uh, Ravona was there with a bunch of guards going, Hey, you have my phone. Give me back my yeah. phone. <laughs> And I, I thought yeah. Mobius did a good job of being like, oh, yeah, I just realized I had it. And I thought he looked pretty good until it became kind of the moment where he realized I'm not going to get away with this. And right. he kind of just questioned it and brought it up and he got pruned and it made me sad. Yeah. <clears throat> I said, no, yeah. you can't. Uh, yeah, me too. You just can't. You can't do that. That's not cool. That's not even cool to tease because I can't imagine him being dead, but it's right. still not cool. I don't want I didn't want to see it yeah earlier in the episode when Ravona was asking him like if you could travel to any time where where would you go and he kind of dodged the question and then in this scene when uh, he realized you know the jig was up and he was caught he finally was like you know what if I could really choose to go back to any time I'd go back to a time uh, when I was had a life on earth when I was whatever and you could see in Ravona's face like she knew that he knew and 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 now she has no choice but to prune him and yeah i'm like you when i saw that coming i was like no don't let it happen don't let it happen and yeah it happened owen wilson mobius pruned right in front of our eyes and loki you could tell he's got a special place for him now too and he was very um upset still unable to fight or anything because they have the you know the collars on their neck to keep them docile or whatever the case is so he couldn't do anything and yeah that was a tough scene man love mobius i love mobius yeah that was a bummer (laughs) i was just like man they better bring him back i didn't even think it was cool that they teased this it was not it wasn't cool marvel i agree i agree so we'll see what happens with that but i mean at this point now we have ravona leading loki out of the room with the guards and they go pick up sylvie um and she has a feeling something's going on with sylvie and she's like who else was in here and uh what's that other hunter's name the hunter that she showed the hunter b15 hunter b15 the other the other agents outside the room were like who was in here and they say b15 forced her way in or whatever so that makes ravona even madder so 
she she grabs Sylvie and grabs Lofki and walking them down to what appears to be like the elevators to the timekeepers. And I thought that episode was going to end right there because I was like, no way we're going to have any more in this episode. And right. nope, we jumped on the elevator and uh, Sylvie was asking Ravona if she remembered what her Nexus event was. And I'm pretty sure Ravona lied about saying she didn't remember. And yeah. uh, all of a sudden we were uh, in front of the timekeepers. And it, yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, we finally saw the timekeepers. We saw them in the beginning of this episode, kind of in the shadows. But this is you, fi- us finally seeing them like full front and center. And uh, they're very, you know, large beings sitting in these chairs. And they kind of look like what they look like in the um, in the first episode when they had like that cartoon public public service cartoon or whatever. They all look similar to that. Yeah, and you know the most important thing to us, which we've talked of over a few times, is that man, that middle timekeeper is king. That middle timekeeper is king. Well, when we're seeing it, it is Saint King. I mean, they basically are just these huge lizard-looking, big, godly-looking, you know, deity people. Um, Who I couldn't understand. Why did they make them so hard to understand? Why did they give them weird voices and have them talk in weird ways and echoes and special effects? And they're like, and I was like, what is happening right now? I was like, I kept having to rewind it. I had to put on the subtitles. After about the third time rewinding it, I'm like, I don't know what the the hell they're saying. And why would they do that? Why would, I mean, did nobody sit there and go, I don't know what they're saying. I mean, or did they just bust a Chris Nolan and say, "Eh, we don't care if you know what Bane says. He was born in the dark. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. The first two, the fir- the one in the middle spoke first, and I understood him. Yes. And then the one, the other one next to him, the one with the spoke. The, the yeah, I think. Well, one of them, the ne- whoever the second one who spoke, I understood him a little bit less, but I still could get what he was saying. But then the third one spoken, I had no idea. Yeah. Like he sounded like he sounded like Chef from the Muppets. Like just <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't understand him at all. And like after the third time of trying to figure it out, I was like, I'm just not gonna know what he said because I don't know. Like I guess Sylvie understood him because she's able to respond. But yeah, but yeah, I I don't know why why that choice was made. That was did nobody did nobody either have the guts or did everyone know what he said? Like they just read the script too often? Did they not know that he did no one watch this thing and said, what did he say? Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I, I can't uh, believe that nobody that everybody knew what that little dude said. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll question that choice for a while why they went that route. Um I don't know, but then we started having the back and forth between them and talking to Loki and Sylvie and and whatnot. And something I found interesting that Loki said here was um, when they threatened to kill them or or whatever, he said, do your worst. I've lost track of how many times I've been killed, which I found interesting, which, you know, plays into other parts of the show. But uh, I thought that was a cool piece of dialogue. So then what happens next? Especially if you tie Loki back to his like Norse mythology roots and Loki is, you know, all those stories of him cutting Sif's hair. And I mean, so much of Loki is tied to, you know, mythology and, you know, a real actual, like I said, Norse mythology and all those stories and stuff are come from a real thing, you know? So there are a lot of those stories of him being dead and reborn as women as animals as you know demons you know i mean loki has a rich history outside of the marvel universe that they can touch on so it was definitely a nice little wink at that yeah glad they embraced that part of his mythology and kind of let it be known and we've seen loki perish before and close to dying many times just in the mcu alone so that was cool of him um I think next B fifty two or B fifty two. B fifty two. Shack is a little low place. The B fifty twos busted in and started playing Love Shack or Rock Lobster, like the Flintstones movie or whatever. <laughs> Rock Lobster. Oh my god, it's too late. B fifteen Hunter B fifteen busted in and opened the neck locks of Loki and Sylvie to free them from the trap they were in or whatever you want to call it. 
And that's when we got the action scene in this episode, the biggest action scene we've had. Um, they get they get drawn into action and they're fighting for their lives and Ravona's there and she says, you know, protect the timekeepers and kind of take notice of the timekeepers. They were sitting still. They were just sitting back watching. So that's an interesting little note. But uh, yeah, this scene had a lot of cool action, I think. Uh, seeing Ravona and... Sylvie face off against each other while Loki's fighting the other agents. What'd you think of that scene? I, it was fine for what it was. I'm, I'm not turned on by the action in this show. Like it just seems very paint by numbers. Like it always just, it, it just always feels forced to me where it's like, you see it and you're like, okay, cool. The fighting. And then you're kind of like, okay. And I don't know if it's just, this show has so much more, dialogue story that i just am like all right just give me the dialogue and get me to the moments as opposed to the action just sometimes doesn't do it for me uh this was better this was better than some of the previous like fights that they've had and there was obviously more at stake and there was a lot more to it so it was definitely better but for whatever reason just the action in this i don't know if it's just their choreographers or what they got but it's just basic (laughs) if that makes sense no it does kind of make sense because i don't thinking... want to take it away from anybody who really enjoyed it because that's awesome you know i i want to you know i'm not i'm yeah. not here to shit on other people's enjoyment but um it's still just kind of one of those things that for me personally um it's just either it's not warranted or it's just the choreography just doesn't do it for me yeah i'm thinking back to like previous mcu stuff and the the way the action is shot in this is different than them yeah, because I th- I think the action in this show is kind of made to be like a side. It's not like the main focus ever. Mm-hmm. The focus of this show is more on the story and dialogue and character interaction. But at the end of the day, it's a Marvel Studios thing, and there just has to be some fighting. Yeah. So you know, maybe they're not as invested in the fight scenes as yeah. other shows like. Falcon and the Winter Soldier had to make that show based around the action, the fights and the camera angles and the, you know, the quick shots and the quick camera flips. Cause that show is like based around the action. Yeah. Um, WandaVision actually probably didn't even have any until fighting the last for, episode. until the last episode. So, you know, you didn't have much to judge it on, but yeah, I can see your point. Uh, I just thought it was, you know, a cool break yeah, it was. In, in whatever. And that scene needed it like they have to fight their way out of that situation oh yeah um it made sense it was just like i said we came we're coming out of falcon and winter soldier that had memorable action sequences you know i mean we had that one fight with john walker versus falcon and winter soldier fighting over the shield and that was an awesome like i remember the choreography i remember being into that fight like ooh, some of the hits and some of the you know stuff that they were doing they had a couple other fights with uh i can't remember that girl's name the redhead in uh in falcon Falcon. they had all the super soldier fight no it was the the bad girl oh yeah 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 i can't think of her name right now either but i mean that show had like memorable and the choreography and the way that they shot the action and they just i don't know for me with loki it just doesn't whether it's uh, yeah like i said i've said it already i've said my piece (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah let's get to the good stuff yeah, I totally understand. Um, yeah, but the, at the end of this fight, um, Loki and Sylvie get the better of everybody. Uh, yeah. Sylvie, Sylvie kind of knocked out Ravona, and the other guards, you don't know what happened to them, but they're decapacitated, and um, they start talking again to the timekeepers, and the time the middle timekeeper says something to Sylvie, like um, – trying to say you can work with us or something like that and sylvie's not buying it and what does she do she throws the uh time stick sword or whatever at the middle timekeeper and hits him right in the head and beheads the center timekeeper and the other two timekeepers are laughing for some reason (laughs) and we see the, the head of the middle timekeeper roll down onto the floor but all of a sudden all three timekeepers just like cease living at the same time Mm -hmm. and all kind of just droop to the side or droop down and um sylvie and loki investigate the now beheaded head that's on the ground and they find that it is not a 
organic person or being what they find is what they call like an android so us as an audience it's finally revealed it's revealed to us that the timekeepers are not real the whole wizard of oz theory thing has come true there's some you know behind the curtain that something else is going on and the timekeepers don't exist it's pretty crazy yeah i wasn't expecting all of that in this episode um i wasn't expecting the the introduction and demise of the timekeepers in one 40 minute episode but it worked and it was unexpected and i didn't like i said didn't see it coming it just surprised me and it was awesome it was just yeah. awesome right there it opens so many doors to going what wtf man yeah <laughs> i like i like in these shows when they do things that i don't expect and this was one of them i thought the timekeepers were going to be you know a much bigger thing and they still we still don't know what just like loki and sylvie we don't know who is behind the tva who created the tva who's behind all of this and that's something you know where they're gonna have to explore in the final two episodes but it's fun it just starts up the whole speculation thing again man like somebody created this illusion of the timekeepers somebody decided to lie to every all the agents and tell them they were created by timekeepers who don't exist we think the only one who knows the true true truth is ravona renslayer for some reason i don't know why she's the only one who knows exactly what's going on it would explain Um, how she got promoted it would explain how she got promoted um and you know we we had our theories about kang being one of the timekeepers that didn't come true but i still think these kang things are uh rumors are still in play now i think he could easily be the one who invented the tva and um you know made these timekeeper personas and like ravona is his inside person to watch everything that's going on this is just more me speculating i could look stupid again and be wrong about the whole thing again yeah. but seven days time somebody, it'll all be yeah thrown out the window. yeah somebody has to be behind this um oh, yeah. and it's fun it's fun to kind of speculate on that you know yeah so now if the timekeepers aren't real right mm-hmm. someone's obviously behind it does that mean everything that we've seen up to this point isn't real like the single timeline like the uh multiverse war the all the stuff that we saw in the propaganda cartoon in the first episode does that make all of that a lie so none of it matters like we uh, we do have a multiverse we do have like is any was any of that true or was that just once again like an illusion to to fit in the tva and whoever's behind it to keep their power yeah that's good questions i mean i don't think we know yet we'll probably find out here a little more coming up i th- I have this feeling that the TVA might just be a thing to protect not the timeline, but to like conceal the identity, conceal the existence of a multiverse. It's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Like, I don't know why they want to hide the fact that there is one, but we know there is one just because there's a movie coming out called Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. Um, so I don't know how it all ties in. It gets all very confusing with timelines and multiverses, but. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, if you look at the idea that, I mean, they were saying that there's a singular timeline, but obviously you have all these variant Lokis. Obviously there's a multiverse because you have different Lokis. You have Lokis of different creeds, ethnicities, uh, gender. I mean, you have monsters, you have female, you have black, you have white, you have old, you have young, you have all of these different Lokis and they have to be coming from somewhere. If you just literally have one timeline, you wouldn't have female Loki. You, you know, like you wouldn't have these things unless they really need to dive into more Nexus events, but it would make sense if there is a multiverse going on. And for whatever reason, the Lokis are the ones that keep triggering, you know, like they're the ultimate Nexus being and they're triggering all of these events for whoever the big bad is must not want these events and keeps hunting down Lokis. Yeah. Cause we still haven't really had explained to us. Like they always mention the sacred timeline, the sacred timeline. We're led, we're led to believe that the sacred timeline is the one we've been watching this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. our Loki, our Tom Hiddleston Loki is on the sacred timeline, which means every other MCU character we know that's the sacred timeline. 
but why are the other ones not why are the other ones not you know what i mean and why do they exist if they're not supposed to yeah like somebody thinks they're not supposed to but why are they not supposed to yeah you know we still don't fully know that like why why was sylvie as a kid some kind of threat to who and for what reason what was the reason the tva had to go in and get her and like capture her and try to do whatever you know it's all still very confusing and it gets that's why time travel things always don't always work because there's just so many questions so yeah i feel like there are questions yeah can you answer all the questions and make them make sense uh that that goes for comic books also you know when you get all into time and time travel and things get very confused that's why you have to be they have to be very careful you know i trust marvel studios and and all those guys to do it the right way and it seems like they are planting the seeds to do it yeah you know they decided they want to do this if they really want to do this they're gonna have to you know go all the way in and do it and they are uh they are so we'll see what happens but um last moment this was not even yeah, this was yeah. not even the end of the episode. Yet. Nope, this episode kept going, man. It was crazy. Yeah. But while while we had the Lokis looking at this android head trying to figure out, all of a sudden, Loki, our, our Loki, Tom Hiddleston, got uh, pruned from behind. And Ravona was standing there and just basically, as far as we were aware, for the next three minutes before we hit the mid-credits, Loki was dead. <laughs> so yeah. that was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, he was finally uh, confessing his feelings to Ravona, not Ravona, to Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we felt like he was finally going to tell her, you know, I love you or I like you a lot. But uh... <laughs> check the box. <laughs> Do you want to go out with me? Yes, no, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but before <laughs> before we could get there, he got pruned. And that was another crazy moment. Like, come on, the star of our show. This is episode four. What are you doing? Um but as we know, point. a lot of these shows are set to really be able to hand off the baton. So it's like, was this, you know, it, it, it flashed for a second going, is Sylvie going to be our new Loki that moves forward and continues this? Like, you know, was Loki, I mean, the idea of them going two more episodes without him seemed weird, but yeah, you never know. especially because we've, especially because we've already seen other scenes too, like election Loki yeah, in the yeah. trailer, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you it it sucks when you think about it that way. But it's like I know he's not gone because they haven't done this scene yet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was that was cool. And then the credits start rolling. Um, so you think that's the end of the episode, but it is not. This is, the, <laughs> this is the this is the first episode in this series. We've had it in WandaVision, and I don't know quite remember if they had one in Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, but this was the first one in this series that gets the classic legendary Marvel mid credits scene. Yep. You you watched it, right? Oh yeah. Okay. I, I was hoping you weren't about to be like, what? There's a there mid credit scene? Mid credit scene? Hold on, pause the show. Yeah. Um so in this first thing we see is Loki open his eyes and he says, Am I in hell? which hell h-e-l like the asgard version of hell um i'm assuming and then he says am i dead and then we hear a voice say well you're not yet but you will be if you don't come with us Mm -hmm. and the camera flips and we see loki three (laughs) three (laughs) what appears to be three new variant lokis four Four new variant Lokis, that's correct. I'm I'm forgetting one. Four new variant Lokis who um I think were described as classic Loki, which is the old man who was talking, who said the the line there. Um kid Loki. Uh another one I think they called boastful Loki or something, the guy who didn't look who looked the least amount like Loki. One because he's a different race of person. Yeah. And he was also he was also holding a weapon that looked like Malnor, like Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh and Kid Loki was also holding crocodile Loki. Loki. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if there's another way to describe that. It's what it but, was. Uh, crocodile wearing a Loki helmet. Yeah, man. That was totally another scene that just makes you go, What is going on here? And uh what am I gonna see next week? I have no idea. 
Another cool thing in that scene, I, I don't know if you looked quickly in the background, but you could see what looks like Avengers Tower destroyed. Okay. So are they are they in like an apocalyptic New York City? It's got to be if Avengers Tower is sitting back there behind them. What is that place? What do you think? I don't, I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I couldn't even tell you what it looked like um, or where to go. I uh, would be interesting as if they jumped back to a point in time where if we, if we're going to take the show back to the first Avengers movie where that Loki came from. And what if this is like a multiverse in which he won? Uh-huh. That could be interesting. You know, and then, like I said, I don't know where the multiverse Lokis come in. I keep wondering if Loki is going to be the big bad. Another variant is going to end up being the big bad. And that's why he's hunting down Lokis because he knows he can beat himself. (laughs) Yeah, because there is another Loki that was used in the comics called like King Loki, where Loki, a variant of Loki, had finally become king of Asgard. Mm -hmm. So they could go that route. Um just more speculation. Oh yeah. Uh, cool. I, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. I liked this scene though. Like most mid credit scenes, they definitely just like wet your whistle and make you like yearning for more to see what's going to happen. It's always some kind of quick shot of something. It was also cool. Like the homage to this, this scene is like homage to the first Avengers movie where uh, Loki wakes up and all the Avengers are just like in his face. Mm-hmm. This is another thing yep. like these, all these are just like That's in funny. his face. All these guys are just in his face again. Uh, the classic Loki is cool because he's just got like that straight up comic book outfit, like the green and yellow just yep. looks like so cheesy. Uh, it gave you like the same feelings when Vision and Wanda were wearing their yep. cheesy comic book outfits as Halloween costumes. Uh, so that's cool. Kid Loki is interesting because he's another character who uh, is a young Avenger in the comic book. So is, well, is this say, another young? They're just they're just like stacking up these young Avengers, man. Like you, they, you feel like they're heading towards that because they have all of them. Because we have uh, Wanda's twins, that's two. Yeah. Now we have young Loki, so that's three. We already know Kate Bishop's coming. Yeah, that's four. We've already had Cassie Lang in Ant Man. Or I think yeah. in, I think in the end game she was older, so I mean that's five of the young Avengers already. Yeah, and you still got Kamala Khan coming. She's oh yeah, one. she was the other one. She's still coming. She's coming. Riri Wilson could technically be one. She's got her own show, Ironheart, coming. Uh, some people think that. Well, he was in comics. Um, I won't speak with too much authority on it because I don't know for sure, but like the. If you think back to Falcon and Winter Soldier, remember Isaiah's grandson? Yeah. Yeah, who like was there with him, like living in the house with him. He becomes some version of like a young superhero to honor his grandfather, like a young Captain America Hmm. kind of a thing. So that could be one. Um, I don't know. Plenty, Plenty more lined up, I think there's some other ones we can't think of but that's cool that they they just keep stacking these dude and uh so you got to believe that young avengers hasn't been announced but that's got to be in their plans for somewhere in the future if they're just introducing all these characters it has to be and the fact that they're introducing these characters and knowing that kang is coming and knowing that kang is kind of the young avengers big bad almost having kang be in ant-man with cassie lang and some of these other characters kind of now makes sense like I can yeah. see maybe because it always seemed really weird. Like why is Kang an Ant Man? But now I'm mm-hmm. like, if you think of it from a Young Avengers standpoint, and if you have Cassie Lang kind of getting involved in that and kind of kickstarting something that's going to lead into the Young Avengers, whether it's going to be a show or the next Avengers movie is Young Avengers, um, it can be either or. They can do it kind of like a Netflix did with Defenders, where you do another show that mixes all these characters together, or you do a full on. You know, if Avengers five, I guess, is really young Avengers. Yeah. A million ways to do it, but they really obviously are letting you know these characters are here and they're really setting forth to establish all of them. Yeah. If anything, we've learned anything from Marvel movies over time is like they they like to build if they have a big idea, they like to use their projects to keep building towards that thing. That's how we got Avengers in the first place. 
you know, first we had Iron Man, then Hulk, then Thor, and Nick Fury built his team through how many movies till we finally got to um, the Avengers. And that kind of feels like what's happening here again, just in a little different way. Yep. And also, if you flip the coin over, is that the same thing going on with um, Val from captain america she building her team starting with u.s agent are we going to get anything with that you know um so it's just more and more world building i like how they're they're forward thinking and they they were here but they're like three steps ahead of us in their plans of what we got going and loki just seems like a you know we're a building block towards all of that the the multiverse the time loop new teams ne- the next show and the next show and the next show they're all just building off each other so it's working man yeah this was this was easily the best episode of the show so far and i'm super pumped to see where we go in the next two um all the questions are now everything we were speculating on is now broken and pretty much dead like i can't imagine you know i think most of most people's predictions are pretty much been ruined at this point or canceled and we're moving now forward into that whole idea of i don't know what's what they're doing now (laughs) yeah episode four and well no episode five and six we only have two left a lot's gonna happen it feels like a lot has to happen to get to the bottom of this um show because we've we've had a lot of questions answered but a lot still remain and if they showed with this episode, they can do a lot in one episode. Yeah, because this episode did accomplish a lot, a lot. There was more uh, in this episode than there was in the whole show. Pretty much. I mean, the whole show was just building for this episode. And that's kind of follows the same trend that the previous two uh, Disney Plus shows have done. I think at the halfway mark of WandaVision, we got Quicksilver or not who we thought was Quicksilver. We got Evan Peters. And that's when everyone finally said, Whoa, oh my God, you got to be watching this show. And halfway through Falcon winter soldier is when John Walker killed a dude with the shield. And that's when everyone was like, wait a minute, this show just got legit. And I feel like that's, yeah, (laughs) hold on. I feel like that (laughs) this episode of Loki, we just did um, is that same thing for this show. Easily. Where, it finally makes you stand back and say, whoa, this show just got real. What is going on? I can't wait to see what's ha- going to happen next. Uh, so, yeah, that's where we're at. I like it, man. I like it. Always good to talk this out with you, man. Yeah, whenever we whenever we start talking about Loki, uh, these are just, you know, our candid conversations together about it. It, it makes me think about things you know, I see your perspectives from it and it kind of opened my eyes in some new ways. So right. uh, it benefits me as much as it does the listeners out there, I hope. Oh, yeah. And this is why this is why, you know, we love, you know, us geeks love talking about this kind of stuff and speculating, especially when we know a lot of the source material. Then it's how are they varying and using the knowledge that we have. You know, we've been reading comic books for 40 years and, you know, beyond, depending on where you're how long you've been reading comics. And this is all just information that you have and you've never really been able to share it or use it or do anything with it. And now all of a sudden we have these shows where we kind of know where these stories could go, but we don't know where they are going. And it's super fun to be able to just try to use some of that knowledge to be a detective and solve the puzzle. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's one of the funner parts. When you watch the movies, you're not, you don't really, they don't give you enough time to form theories and speculate. You're just kind of on that, two hour ride yep. and but with, with these shows with these serialized shows man it makes it so you have more time to stew and think about what's going on and they can do six cliffhangers instead of one so that's why these disney shows are so cool and i'm glad they're um they exist for us as fans yeah and the movies don't even end in cliffhangers so right. you don't even get those moments of oh shit i mean you'll have a couple like moments but you don't get the the left hanging and now we're sitting here for a week going what's about to happen next week man and i can't wait to find out i can't wait six more days absolutely five more yeah we're already we're already these wednesday premieres might not be a bad thing so now we don't gotta wait as long after we talk about them and next week we have loki episode five followed by black widow and a couple days after that which is crazy so big mcu week don and i are pumped 
and we will be here to talk about it, whether it's a combo of this, Loki, or our regular show, which comes out on Wednesday. We will talk about it because that is what we do. Absolutely. But I'm pretty sure that's going to wrap us up because I'm (laughs) pretty sure we've overstayed our welcome for a lot of people out there. So we are going to cut it as it is almost Saturday. Good morning. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up. Until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for listening to the Raised a Geek podcast. Where we all speak geek.